to Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan, and you are listening to WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. At 10.06 on Tuesday mornings, I come to you with interviews with people about the news that's happening in your community and around the state of Florida, sometimes around the world and, and around the country as well. But really, honestly, we focus on the Tampa Bay area and on Florida here on Tuesday Cafe. And during this hour, you can hear some of what we've been talking about over the last few months on Tuesday Cafe. We brought in some guests that, are, that had very important information and we are asking for your support for that type of programming. And here's how you can make your show of support with your donation by calling 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. If you think that it's important to have a hard-hitting news and public affairs show on on Tuesday mornings, we hope that this is the type of programming that you'd like and that is worth supporting to you. 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three or WMNF.org. Before I thank people who are donating right now to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe, I want to thank the last person that called in during Democracy Now. Thanks to Anonymous from St. Petersburg with a $100 contribution. That's great. That means we raised more than $600. That means we still have less than $900 to raise for Democracy Now. I appreciate all the people who donated during that show, and I hope that you continue to donate to Democracy Now. I'm also right now asking for your support for shows like Tuesday Cafe, and you can make that donation by calling 813-239-239. 9663 or by donating on the web at WMNF.org. I'm joined by Randy Zimmerman, our general manager here. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Sean. What I've been so impressed with and my of the many things I'm impressed with of the people here and the shows at WMNF is Tuesday Cafe and how you have, in a very short period of time, really built up quite the listenership and people who follow you and listen to the interviews and the information that you provide. Thank you so very much. And now's the time for the folks who have become fans of Tuesday Cafe to give a call and let Sean know, in addition to your phone calls, in addition to your statements of support, in addition to your emails, now's the time that that Sean really needs to hear kind of where the rubber hits the road, so to speak. And we'll talk about roads in a little bit, right? Yes, we will. Give a call at 813-239-9663 or hit that tip jar. If you're streaming us now, you're listening to us on your phone, you're listening to us on the app, you're listening to us on your tablet, we need you to hit that tip jar too because this great service that Sean provides, that Tuesday Cafe, the information and and deep dive into some of these issues, um, so helpful. I find them so helpful as well. And if you become a fan of Tuesday Cafe, please give a call 813-239-9663 or hit that tip jar. And what's the goal for Tuesday Cafe? Yeah, we need to raise $1,200 this hour, which is an ambitious goal. We need to hear from at least 12 of you, that means. But I think we can make it with your help. Yeah, a dozen t-shirts, right? Exactly. If you would like to get one of our new WMNF t-shirts, there's one that's available for a $100 donation, and it is a, the sweet cream color, and it has our colorful new logo, the burst in all sorts of colors. If you'd only like to donate $88.50, you can get the black logo, the same logo, but it's just black, uh, no colors, and it's on the Sagestone green t-shirt, so that's a different look. It's it's uh, They're both very classy and, and classic styles, 
813-239-9663. If you'd like to get one of those t-shirts, give us a call right now, 813-239-9663. That's the number you normally call in to get on the air to talk about the conversations and, and guests that we have on Tuesday Cafe. But now is the time for you to support it with your financial contribution. You can also donate on the web at WMNF.org. You can also donate on the WMNF Community Radio app by hitting the tip jar or the heart-shaped support button there. Please make sure that you support all the shows on WMNF. Right now, we're asking you to support Tuesday Cafe. And kind of to uh, reiterate what we do here at WMNF, Sean, as News and Public Affairs Director, has made a very clear directive. We are to have no corporate sponsorship (laughs) during our our News and Public Affairs block. So if you think we are... uh, bossed around by any corporation or we pick topics based on what people want to pay us to say that is not happening at our fiercely independent community radio station. We are to quote one of my uh, special people, Shirley Chisholm, we are unbossed and unbought here at WMNF. And if you want to hear community radio, things about what you care about, Uh, please give a call and let us know that what we're doing matters to you. We really need your support. We're trying to raise $1,200 during this one-hour block uh, that you have been hearing from Sean Canan for many months now. Over how many years have you been doing Tuesday Cafe now? Well, Tuesday Cafe came around two years ago. Okay. Um, but uh, before that, things shows like Last Call and uh, Midpoint Monday and so on. Different names of the shows. But yeah, Tuesday Cafe is about two years old now. Two years old, building up a following. So for the past two years, you've been hearing this iteration of news and public affairs coming from Sean Canan. And it's really important that you let us know what your participation is towards that goal of $1,200. Please make sure you're taking personal responsibility for the information that you gather. 813-239-9663 or hit the tip jar at WMNF.org. I want to thank some people who donated before the drive even started. Thank you to Anonymous in Gulfport. Also, Thank you to, oh, this name looks familiar, Richard John Canan in listening in Boulder, Colorado. Yay. Thanks, Uncle Richard John, for a $26.25 <laughs> contribution. It's always fun talking about the show with you afterwards. <laughs> and uh, Tim Graham has donated $250. Nice. Thanks so much to Tim and Nikki for their contribution. So thank you for the, the wonderful support that we've gotten already before the show even started. And here's another one that came in for Democracy Now!, a $50 contribution. Thank you. So I think we only need maybe about... Um, maybe about $800 more for Democracy Now. Martha McAndrew from St. Petersburg has contributed $50 and says, love WMNF and alternative radio. We need it and Democracy Now. Well, guess what? Today's your lucky day. Democracy Now, we just played and we will play alternative radio at noon. So please stay tuned for that. And uh, right now I want to ask for your support for Tuesday Cafe. And just to let you know, some of the things that we've heard on, on Tuesday Cafe during the last few months, So last time we came to you was in early March or late February. And so since then, it's been a lot of legislative session uh, coverage that we did. We talked about uh, everything that was happening in the Florida legislature, including some bills and now laws that caused the mother of a trans child to move out of Florida. So we talked to them, we talked to that mother about why that her family was moving out of Florida. We also talked about HB1, which passed the Florida House and now is law, which is for universal vouchers for uh, public school funds to be sent to to uh, private schools, which are now raising their tuitions because they're getting this extra funding from the taxpayers to, to, uh, for all sorts of people to have vouchers to, public, to private schools. 
We also spoke with Amy Weintraub about uh, abortion issues in Florida. Of course, the six-week abortion ban is, is now law, but is uh, under view, undergoing court review. The last year's is undergoing court review. And we did a Florida legislature wrap-up. We heard from local lawmakers, Daryl Roussan, a senator, Diane Hart, a representative, and Representative Susan Valdez of Tampa and St. Petersburg, respectively. So uh, if you've appreciated this kind of coverage, we really do need to hear that there's support for this type of programming, 813-239-9663. And to let you know what kinds of what it sounds like when we have guests on the air, we talked about an anti-union bill that was passed and now is law in Florida. A new Florida law cracks down on Florida's public sector unions like teachers' unions. It bans automated deduction of union dues from paychecks of union members. It, would, it requires that 60% of eligible employees sign up in order to unionize. That's up from 50%, and it adds financial auditing requirements. So in April, when the bill was still moving through the legislature, we spoke with a journalist who covered this bill. This name is familiar to you. McKenna Schuler is a reporter now for Orlando Weekly. She was formerly an anchor and reporter for WMNF. So here's part of our conversation with McKenna about this union bill. You're listening to 88.5 FM Tuesday Cafe. And the number to call in to support this type of interview is 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three. You can also donate at WMNF.org. Some of the main things that are really concerning labor unions and workers just broadly um, who benefit from their public sector unions is a ban on automatic payroll deductions of union dues, which is already something that if you are a union member that you um, sign up for willingly. Um, and then the other primary thing concerning people is a 60% membership requirement, a threshold that unions have to meet in order to remain certified or valid, so to speak. And that's actually different from previous iterations that have been proposed in previous legislative sessions here in Florida, where it's typically been a 50% membership threshold. So I think a lot of what I've heard from union leaders is it feels like an escalation this year in that regard. So we just heard from Republican Joe Gruters. He spoke against the bill. Most of his colleagues voted for the bill. So what is Joe Gruters just a a union activist in the Republican Party or something? I would say that I've heard from union leaders that there are, you know, a handful of Republican allies in the state legislature. So I wouldn't call him a pro-union activist, but I haven't talked to the man myself, so I can't say. And we got an email just now from Bubba who says that this bill is retribution against teachers, plain and simple. And he says, I know so many people are leaving the profession because of politicians sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. And uh, he goes on to say things I won't be able to say on the radio. But so what do you think about that idea, especially this bill applies to public sector unions, of which teachers are certainly a large public sector union, but it exempts firefighters and police unions. So what's that story? Yeah, so this bill has broadly been interpreted as an attack on teachers unions specifically and why people think that. For one thing, as you mentioned, teacher unions do make up a significant chunk of Florida's unionized public sector workforce. So over 150,000 teachers, support staff and other school staff are covered by the statewide teachers unions and their smaller unions throughout the state. But it also feels politically motivated because DeSantis himself, Governor DeSantis, has sort of 
attack teacher unions himself. And some people think that that's in retaliation for teachers unions endorsing his Democratic opponent, Charlie Crist, last year. And his Chris's running mate, of course, was also a teachers union president herself. So it does feel very targeted. And that's actually not a very Florida specific thing either. This is something that has happened in other states as well. Um, Oklahoma, for instance, also has legislation this year that targets public sector unions, but actually specifically teachers unions. They don't even bother just saying the entire public sector. But As far as the carve out, that has also been something that's not unique to Florida that is present in a lot of similar legislation that's been proposed in different states throughout the country. But it also feels politically motivated, I think, or that's how it's interpreted because police unions and firefighter unions, for instance, commonly endorse um, Republicans for office and generously donate to their campaigns. As far as firefighters and police speaking out against the bill. I actually read an article recently, I think it was UF's student newspaper, The Alligator, where they actually did get a firefighter union leader on record saying, opposing the bill and saying that other public sector unions shouldn't have to, you know, deal with this kind of um, attack on their union rights. That's McKenna Schuler, a reporter for Orlando Weekly, a former anchor and reporter at WMNF, speaking about Florida's new law, uh, which cracks down on Florida's public sector unions. And if you think that having information about this is important to you, we really would like to hear your support by calling 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. And I'm I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who, when they're listening to really um, passionate and hard-hitting news reports on WMNF, they they exclaim out loud because Randy just, (laughs) Randy, when when I was mentioning the firefighters and police unions being exempt, Randy, what did you say? Something like, what's going on with that? It's so obvious that it's a carve-out for teachers by Republican leaders and I, I'm I'm sorry to be sounding partisan on this, but it, it happens over and over again. I, I also lived up north. I was a public school teacher and this continually happens because the the many of the, the police and deputies and sheriffs and firefighter unions tend to support Republican candidates and teachers union tend to support Democratic candidates. And to have this carve out where I'm going to crack down on unions. You don't have to 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 give. I'm not going to mandate that people take it out of their paycheck, except if you're a firefighter or a police officer. And again, these these carve outs and these differences are just so obvious uh, to to anybody who's paying attention to these things. Um, and I've asked Republicans. I I have friends and family, and said, "Can you explain this to me?" And again, it just goes down these partisan lines, and it's not supposed to be that way. It's just not. (laughs) Well, we bring you the information here on WMNF 88.5 FM. And what we're doing right now is that instead of having commercials, we want to remain independent, an independent source of information. So what we do is we come to you and we ask for you to support the programming like this. If you think that us 
reporting on union issues, on labor issues, uh, on issues about teachers unions. If you think that that's important or about our coverage of the Florida legislature, we really do need to hear from you. Here's what you can do if you want when you call in or when you make a donation online. You can write in the comments or you can tell your phone bank volunteer which union you belong to and you can have a shout out to your union. We really want to let people yeah. have a voice and say maybe we, you know, maybe you want to talk to encourage people from your union or from other unions to donate to WMNF because I, I think that it's fair to say that that WMNF is paying attention to labor union issues, paying attention yep. to workers' rights, and we, we are the voice for the people, for the working people of this country and of this state. And if you think that that's important, and if you think that it's worthwhile supporting, please give us a call right now. Here's the number, 813 Nine six six three, or you can you, you can write a lot of the uh, anything in you in the comments you'd like when you go to wmnf.org and you hit the tip jar there. You can uh, show support for the station with your financial contribution, and you can write out a shout out to your union and why you yep. think that union membership is important. So give us a call eight one three two three nine nine six six three, or donate on the WMNF Community Radio app or on wmnf.org. Nice big space down there again. Mm-hmm. Please state your union. Say if you're a member of the Hillsborough County Collective Bargaining Unit. Say if you're a member of the teachers union. Say if you're a member of SEIU, whatever union. And if you hear union comments here, if you hear news about unions and and labor organization, any kind of organization here, please contribute to WMNF because, again, we want to make sure that where people are organizing peacefully and civilly and defending the rights of workers – That's the kind of news and views that we want to be talking about. We want to be sharing on the airwaves at WMNF. We believe in the people's voices around this country, not just, again, politicians and their policies, but people. Give us a call, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. We're trying to raise $1,200 here on Tuesday Cafe, these in-depth issues, because that's what we do here at Community Radio, and we really need your support No joke. That's how we operate here. If you're listening... We need your support. And we've already gotten three generous donations oh, so great. far to that we read about earlier. And that means that we still need to raise $900 this hour. So in the next uh, 44 minutes, or I did not do that math well at all, but in the next few minutes, we need to raise uh, $900. So please give us a call right now, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. Here are some of the other topics that we covered during the last few months. We had on the Uhuru Radio, people who were defunded by Pinellas County. And Mm -hmm. uh, since then, that that, uh, story has even escalated because, of course, there have been the arrests of the Uhurus. We heard Omali Yeshitela on Democracy Now! the other day. Uh, So this is a story that we're going to continue to watch. And Pinellas County has also said it's going to defund some other programs that are uh, related to the Uhurus. So we'll continue to watch that. That was a very compelling interview. I think think my guess was good and uh, uh, very articulate and um, made a lot of sense. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but please go back to WMNF.org and listen to all of our interviews. We also took a kind of a risk a few months ago when the Hillsborough County School Board was having a discussion about the book, This Book is Gay. And there were all these Moms for Liberty people and all these people who were trying to ban the book. And there were a whole bunch of Tampa and Hillsborough County residents who were saying, maybe we shouldn't be banning books like this. And we aired that discussion live on the air, warts and all. It was quite graphic. 
And um, by design, I think that a lot of the people were trying to use some shock value to talk about a sex ed book and and that maybe they were talking about sex in that sex ed book. And we played it on the air live and I got some good feedback from that. I think some listeners were really shocked to some degree, but also were appreciative that that was on. So we'd like to hear from you if you appreciate edgy radio like that. Yeah, a lot of people don't have cable, so they can't get some of these Uh, events and they can't go to these council meetings. So the fact that we were able to air this very, very important Hillsborough County meeting about book banning, book banning, we're talking about banning books in the state of Florida and people don't think that we have to worry about being authoritarian. I'm just, thank you, Sean, for airing this very important hearing, because guess what? There was talk of sex in a sex education book. I know. Shocking. It was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> they used words. Uh, well, I won't say them, anything. but you get them. Yeah. Uh, and so we also, speaking of education, we also have really followed this story about New College of Florida ever since on the 6th of January of this year, Governor DeSantis kind of uh, remade the school with appointing some trustees. So we've looked again and again at New College of Florida. We talked about academic freedom and HB 999. If you like our coverage of that, we hope that you will donate now. Also, I had on Katie Roeders-Turner, who is uh, in charge of the Obamacare marketplace, uh, people who help you to find out what the best um, policies are that you can purchase and finding affordable health insurance. And this happened as a lot of people were getting dropped off the Medicaid rolls after the pandemic. So if these are issues and topics that are important to you that you think are valuable to have on the air in Tampa Bay, we need to have your financial support, 813 239 9663 or WMNF.org. So I, I was happy that there were three donations waiting for me at the beginning of the show, but I have to say that since the show started, we've only gotten Dem- Democracy Now! donations. We haven't gotten anyone yet who during this show has called in to support Tuesday Cafe. And I think that this show is worth supporting and I hope that you agree. So if you do, please maybe you can make a $5 a month donation on our circle of friends, or maybe you can join the circle of friends at $10 a month, but we really do need to hear from some more people right now. 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. And again, we're trying to raise about $1,200 during Tuesday Cafe. If you're a fan, if you've become a fan of the Tuesday Cafe over the past two years, and again, we see those numbers really climbing because Sean's been hitting some hot button issues. As a matter of fact, I I had a, a caller. I was answering phones a few days ago and someone called up and said, hey, you need to be covering some more of these environmental issues. Like, did you know there's that gypsum radioactive stuff going into our roadways? And sure enough... It was on Tuesday Cafe, and I told this gentleman that. I said, well, you need to go back to Tuesday Cafe, which you can do because our archives are there. You can watch, you can hit the rewind button and go back and listen to these great interviews on Tuesday Cafe. Lots and lots of information. Again, not sensationalist, not just broad brushstrokes, but really in-depth Average, everyday, intelligent talk that we need to know about what's happening in our community regarding some of these pollutants. You've also had issues about our Florida Springs, which are not just a state treasure, but a national treasure, how they need to be protected, not just because they're beautiful and a great place to kayak, which I like to do, and I know you like to do as well, but it's our drinking water. Because after air, what do we need as human Mm. beings? We need water. 
And if we don't have clean potable water, which we have actually in abundance here in Florida because of the springs, but if we don't take care of them, they're very fragile environments. And I'm not just saying that. Those are nice words to say. But you, Sean, at Tuesday Cafe, you go into in-depth and to discuss why they are fragile, how they are fragile, the human impact, what humans are doing, detailing that and saying what we can do, organizations we can be connected with, people that we can be connected with. And that's kind of what WMNF does is we connect people to other people. We connect people to organizations so that they can be involved more in-depth. If that's what you want from community radio, please give us a call, 813-239-9663. Or if you're one of our stream and dreamers, hit the tip jar, please, at WMNF.org or on your WMNF app. Yeah, we do need to hear from you now, 813-239-9663. We still have to raise about $900 in the next 30 minutes. Well, as Randy said, you can go back to WMNF.org and watch any of our previous episodes of Tuesday Cafe, including this one about phosphogypsum in roads and phosphate mining. So let's play a little clip here that will give you a taste of what this program was all about. A new Florida law lets the state test putting a slightly radioactive waste product of phosphate mining in our roads. Opponents have raised questions about the potential hazards of using phosphogypsum, including whether it could harm people working on the roads and whether it could affect water in aquifers. 35 organizations and businesses sent a letter to Governor DeSantis urging him to veto what was called HB 1191 because of concerns over water quality and public health. But it was signed into law. But last month before that, we spoke with Reagan Whitlock, who is a staff attorney with the Center for Biological Diversity, one of the signers of that letter. And if you think that this kind of information is important, please give us a call, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org is where you can make your tip jar donation. Phosphate mining happens all across southwest and south central west Florida in an area we call Bone Valley. Uh, This area is incredibly rich with phosphate ore just because of the nature of the geology in the area. And phosphate is mined and then ultimately used in phosphate-based fertilizers. But as we've come to, to learn as Floridians over the last few decades, there are two toxic byproducts that are created along with this process to make phosphate fertilizer. These are phosphogypsum and processed wastewater. And these are the two radioactive toxic wastes created during the process of making phosphate-based fertilizer. And this is an incredibly inefficient process. It's important to remember that five tons of this waste product are created for every one ton of phosphoric acid produced. You touched on the process. Why don't you go a little bit more into detail about it, especially maybe giving it in context of Florida's nature and where the phosphate is and what happens to the land while it's being mined and then being processed? Certainly. The way this all starts is that a mine will will crop up in the middle of this Bone Valley area of Florida. And the first thing that has to happen in order for the phosphate ore to be reached is a massive layer of overburden, is what it's called in the, in the phosphate mining world, it has to be removed. This includes topsoil. It includes a a variety of trees and shrubs and the biodiversity that Florida is known for is removed in order for these companies to be able to reach the precious finite phosphate ore that lies beneath the surface. So it's a big process that kind of really destroys the land. It leaves these giant open pits. And then, as you said, the the two products that are created, this wastewater, the processed wastewater and the phosphogypsum have to be stored somewhere. How is it generally stored? 
Certainly. So right now, the Environmental Protection Agency it only allows this stuff to be stored in these massive gyp stacks. They look like mountainous heaps off in the distance. Many Floridians are likely familiar with the Piney Point facility or the New Wales facility. You know, these look like mountains in a landscape of, of flatness around Florida. And these are required to be stored in these mountainous heaps because as it stands right now, there is no safe way to dispose of this product other than to store it away from folks. And it's interesting that you mentioned Piney Point and New Wales. Typically, uh, a Florida resident might not know the name of one of these gyp stacks. But the reason we know the names of these two is because of environmental disasters that have happened there. Remind people what happened at New Wales a few years ago. Absolutely. And it's exactly as you said, when folks know what the names of these facilities are, it likely means something bad happened there. The New Wales facility has a a torrid history of environmental contamination, including four major sinkholes at this site. People may remember the 2016 sinkhole where hundreds of millions of gallons of fossil gypsum and processed wastewater were dumped directly into the Florida aquifer. This looks like a massive waterfall plumbing directly into the earth. And this was it received international coverage. BBC, Al Jazeera, folks all around the world were tuning in to listen and understand what's happening at this New Wales fossil gypsum site. I want to remind people that our guest is Reagan Whitlock, a staff attorney with the Center for Biological Diversity. I'm Sean Canan. This is Tuesday Cafe. We're broadcasting from the studios of WMNF in Tampa. We're talking about phosphogypsum, which is a waste product of phosphate mining in Florida and uh, presumably other places that it's mined in the world. Uh, so one of the reasons we're talking about this today is because yesterday the Florida Senate gave its final approval to a bill. The bill is HB 1191. It allows the State Department of Transportation to study phosphogypsum in aggregate materials in road construction. But also yesterday, 35 organizations and businesses, including yours, sent a letter to Governor DeSantis urging him to veto that bill because of concerns over water quality and public health. You can read that letter. It's on WMNF.org. So what concerns of water quality and public health are you worried about, Reagan? Yeah, we are extremely frustrated that the Florida legislature has chosen to cater to the phosphate industry once again at the expense of Floridians and our environment. The Environmental Protection Agency has found the use of phosphogypsum in roadway construction presents an unacceptably high danger, dangerous cancer risk to road construction workers and can cause adverse effects to nearby surface and groundwater resources. Floridians need accountability from the industry that makes billions annually from our precious resources, and this is a massive step in the wrong direction. In the letter that you signed, the letter says the unreasonably short study period ending on April 1st, 2024 cannot even begin to thoroughly review the health and safety consequences. So they have 11 months to come up with a conclusion that whether this is safe or not. And it's no secret that the study isn't even designed to to look at the environmental health and safety consequences. There were several amendments to these bills offered that were shut down, which would have required DOT to work with either the EPA or the Florida Department of Environmental Protection to ensure that this study accounts for Floridians' health and the safety of our environment. Those amendments were shot down. It appears as though this study is only aimed at determining whether or not Phosphogypsum can be used from a construction standpoint. So, in other words, regardless of whether it's safe for humans or for the environment. Absolutely. The, the safety of Floridians in our environment seems to not even be on the table at this point. 
Well, that's Reagan Whitlock, a staff attorney with the Center for Biological Diversity, talking about the new Florida law. So since this interview, it has been signed into law uh, that will let the state test putting a slightly radioactive waste product of phosphate mining in roads. It's called phosphogypsum. And in New Wales, where the... the, uh, the New Wales uh, phosphogypsum stack was we were talking about earlier, there is a test road now that is containing this phosphogypsum, or at least it's starting to be constructed or at least in the planning process. So this is happening. We were talking before it was law and now it's law and now it's actually happening. So if this is the kind of information that you want to hear on your radio, if you're glad that you are able to get access to this information and that you're glad that people around the world can tune into the WMNF app or WMNF.org and find out about what is going on in Florida, the only way that we can bring it to you is with your financial donations. So please support Tuesday Cafe, support WMNF by calling 813-239-9663. You can also make a donation at WMNF.org or on the WMNF tip jar. There are two things, Sean, that really strike me from that interview that we just heard. Uh, and thank you so much for bringing that to not just the Tampa Bay listener, but to our listeners, our, our stream and dreamers who listen to us online. Number one, it sounds like we're going down the same road that we already have been down with asbestos. We know that if we use these things, we say they're for the consumer, but we wind up with workers, people who who work with this material over and over again, are facing undue cancer risk, I think is was the term used by the attorney. Haven't we learned better? Especially when we're talking about a product where we're creating five times the waste than the usable material. That just seems really, really weird to me and just inappropriate. And the other thing... That, that strikes me about this is the, uh, again, going down this repetitive road of repeating the same mistakes that we've made over and over again in terms of the delicate nature of the Florida water system, the delicate nature of our land and, and how we need to protect people. Um, so thank you so much again for bringing this to us. Oh, and the other thing is you and I are both former researchers, and we know that when you ask research questions, that's going to take you down a particular path. And the attorney said that one of the research questions is not whether or not it's safe for workers or our water system. So again, as both of us being former researchers, we know if you're not asking about safety, there is no way you're going to be informed about whether or not this is a safe process. As a matter of fact, at the end of the research, it wouldn't be unusual to say, we have no evidence that this is going to be harmful for people. Why? They're just not asking the questions. Super terrific interview. Thank you so much. And if you're a researcher, if you're out there, if WMNF is one of those places where you're getting information, you're finding things out that you don't think about otherwise, you know that we're going to have good conversations that are intelligent. We treat you like the smart person you are. Give us a call, 813-239-9663. All you streaming dreamers, all you great professors out there, all you other environmental researchers, please hit the tip jar on WMNF.org or on your WMNF app. We'll have good news. We need less than $800 now because of a donation from Patrick in Tampa. Thank you, Patrick. And uh, he says that, uh, thank you, Sean, for all you do for the station. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Please direct $50 to the Lulu show this evening and $25 Yay. to Saturday Soul for Soiree and $50 to Tuesday Cafe. Yay. And uh, so I'm going to sneeze, Randy. Okay. So <laughs> again, Patrick, thank you so much. And this is one of the things that's so awesome is 
Uh, we like midday public affairs. Patrick likes the Lulus, and Patrick likes a variety of things. Also, Soulful, Soulful Soiree, great show by Cheryl Mogul, one of our longtime programmers who does an incredibly great job of setting you up for Saturday night. So that's what we are at WMNF. We're music, we're news, we're dancing, we're celebration, we're thoughtful. Uh, we are where music, news, and culture collide. Please contribute now at 88.5 FM, WMNF.org. Hit that tip jar if you're one of our dreaming streamers or give a call, 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org is where you can make your donation. We still need to raise almost $800 so we can do that with your support. If you're out there and if you think that this show and this station is worth supporting, give us a call. <clears throat> Excuse me, 813-239-9663. Hey, can you tell from my voice that we've been doing this for seven days? <laughs> yes. The good news is this is the last day that we're going to be asking during fun, during the News and Public Affairs segment for uh, your donations. So thank you to everyone who's contributed so far. But if you, would, if you do like the News and Public Affairs here in the morning and early afternoon on WMNF, today is the last day that we're going to be coming to you. So... Uh, we'll be back to normal programming tomorrow. We'll be uh, just asking for your support today. So it's now is the time. If you missed any of your favorite news and public affairs shows, please donate now, 813-239-9663. You can also donate on our website, which is wmnf.org. And we have lots of thank you gifts also in case uh, we've got those great T-shirts. You can look to see uh, on WMNF.org what they look like. We've got the, the cream color shirt on the sweet cream, which has the colored new burst on it, as well as the black logo on the sage tone green shirt. And um, great stuff. We also have that heat wave package for a $200 pledge. You can pick up uh, an overheat concert ticket. So that's three heat wave bands coming back to Skipper's Smokehouse. Uh, Talk to Mark, Rocket 88, and Have Gun Will Travel, a big WMNF favorite. So come to Skipper's Smokehouse. You'll also get two T-shirts, a poster, and a pin from Tropical Heat Wave for a $200 pledge. Uh, and... If you're one of those great people who can give us $1,000, there's a USF Botanical Gardens Family Annual Membership. So for $1,000, um, USF has, has coordinated with WMNF to give you this great membership. You get in on uh, sales, plant sales early. They have a number of parties, which are just beautiful. And um, also, you're a member of the National Horticultural Society. So if you travel around the country, as folks are apt to do over the summer and there's a horticultural society uh, member elsewhere in the country you can go and visit their botanical gardens as well for a thousand dollar pledge also you can pay that out over time and become a member of our circle of friends 813-239-9663 if you want to support WMNF with your $1,000 donation or your $100 donation, or maybe you can join the Circle of Friends at $5 a month. We want to know that there's support for hard-hitting news and public interest programming here on WMNF 88.5 FM. We recently expanded in the mornings from three hours to four hours. Is that something that you find to be useful to you? Is that important to you? Well, the way we'll know that is if people are listening and if people are contributing. 
rating. So please call now, 813-239-9663. I want to play, uh, Randy was mentioning about Springs earlier. I do want to play part of an interview that I did about Springs. But before that, I want to mention some of the other great topics that we've had here on Tuesday Cafe. So if these topics are important to you, if this kind of programming is important, please call us now and support this show with your donation, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org is where you can make your tip jar donation. It's tax deductible. So we had we played an interview from WSLR, our sister station down in, in Sarasota, a low-power FM station. They interviewed X Gonzalez and another famous alumnus of, um, of New College of Florida. So as I told you, we've, we've been really covering this New College of Florida issue. We also recently talked about the Supreme Court of the United States decision about wetlands and the EPA and how it impacts Florida. And we talked about housing and tenants' rights with St. Pete City Council member Richard Floyd. So if these are the types of interviews that are important to you, we do need to hear from you right now. You can donate on the web at WMNF.org or you can call 813-239-9663. Well, Warm Mineral Springs is a small but important body of water in the southern Sarasota County city of Northport. On Tuesday Cafe a month or two ago, we interviewed experts about its history, archaeology, hydrology, caves, and biology, and about a proposal by the city of Northport for development at Warm Mineral Springs. So here's part of that interview with Kurt Bowen, a master photographer and video producer who has photographed Warm Mineral Springs while scuba diving at 200 feet deep. Some of his underwater videos can be seen on our website, WMNF.org. We also will hear in this interview from Steve Kosky, who shared his knowledge about the history, archaeology, and paleontology and its significance of warm mineral springs. So here's that interview. If you think that this is important to hear on your radio, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or donate on the web at WMNF.org. War Mineral Springs, first of all, is a very unique site. There's only two geological sites on the eastern United States, and one of them being War Mineral Springs. What's unique about it is obviously the water temperature. And the cave on the bottom starts at basically it's a big sinkhole that has a warm vent on the bottom. And the, and the water temperature coming out of the cave at 212 is about 99 degrees. And that water goes into what I call a, a fracture layer. The cave continues to the north for a distance about 150 to 200 feet down to a depth of 224 feet. At 224, it fractures into smaller cave systems that you can't fit to, you know, too small. So at that particular point, we don't know where the water comes from, if it comes from deeper or if it continues in that fracture zone at 220. Have we ever sent robotic cameras or anything down there to to kind of explore what goes beyond where the humans can go? I think it's too small. It's all just a fracture zone. Well, that is the voice of Kurt Bowen, who's an archaeologist and historian. We're talking about warm mineral springs, and we're going to get back and talk a little bit more about what's down deep in and underwater in warm mineral springs. But I also want to bring in our other guest, where we we want to talk now about the history and archaeology from our expert, Steve. So, Steve Kosky, how do we know the warm mineral springs sinkhole formed more than 12,000 years ago? What's the evidence that we have, especially the archaeological evidence? Well, as Patty mentioned, warm mineral springs, like Little Salt Spring, are ceiling collapse sinkholes. While they may have opened up between 18 and 25,000 years ago, or even more, 
it took them hundreds of thousands of years to form because of the desert dissolving of limestone in contact with tannic or carbonic acids in the water. So it takes a long time to make these channels underwater. What's fascinating about Warm Mineral Springs, and I had the pleasure of working with Sunny Parko from February of 1986 to 1990, is just its persistence so it collapses 18 to 25,000 years ago and I don't know we don't really know when it actually opened up you can't core uh, the cone on the bottom and the cone on the bottom is is over 100 feet on uh, the silicone and get to the uh, lowest levels and radiocarbon date some of the uh, wood but it would be difficult to you know give an accurate assessment um, but it's really a fascinating uh, site both in its prehistory, its history, its research history, and its development history. And I could go and discuss a little bit about uh, based on my exposure and how I got involved. Yeah, let's start with the prehistory. What do we know? Um, so I learned from Patty's paper in from for the USGS that during the late Pleistocene, maybe about 12,000 years ago, the water level was about 100 feet below the modern spring pool surface. So there was 100 feet of, you know, just like a, almost a sheer drop. And but then they and they know that based on plant material and radiometric dating of human remains. So why? What's the significance of 100 feet below this modern spring pool? What did we find there? especially when it comes to human remains. Uh, just a brief background, when you lower the oceans because of the glacial period, the water gets sucked up in the glaciers, you lower sea level. When you lower sea level, you lower the water table. When you lower the water table, the water just goes down and stays its hydrostatic uh, head or, or pressure. So it, it's all related to the pressure of the subsurface, so these are persistent geological features through time, and they became landmarks. They're both more mineral salt are uh, eligible as national historic landmarks. And both uh, for their natural, but also their, their historic uh, background. So let's say 10,000 years ago is about 11,500 calendrical years. Warm mineral springs and little salt spring, the climate was much different cooler, drier, no Peace River, no Lake Okeechobee. The Everglades were a forest, and our coast was over 150 miles offshore based on the continental shelf. So you had these features that were predictable uh, for procuring resources. And in the winter or cool days, when you walked up to one mineral springs, it would be billowing like a smoke chimney. The, the steam that that warm water creates in contact with the cold air, and it can be seen for miles. It actually looks like a, a fire uh, burning when you, when you see it on the landscape. And even today in the morning, you'll drive by Trifono or Ortiz, and you'll see this billowing steam coming out. And depending on air pressure and things, it could be traveling across the landscape. So these were areas that were known, uh, predictable, and also they gave glimpses into the underworld. Uh, so they were sacred and special. So the first people that came to Warm Mineral Springs were uh, at a minimum of 11,500 years ago. People talk about 10,000 year old man at Warm Mineral Springs. Yes, but 10,000 calibrated years is over 11,000 years. So 
So we have to rethink our age. So people were coming here, coming to Warm Mineral Springs as early as 11,500 years ago and to collect resources and to access the underworld. And Warm Mineral Springs became, so some believe, an actual cemetery where people interred their dead. And in 1958-59, uh, the first person to die Warm Mineral Springs was Eugenie Clark, who's an ichthyologist. And she came to Warm Mineral Springs to catch tarpon, blind tarpon that were known for Warm Mineral Springs. And Little Salt Spring had three uh, as well. The last one I've seen was in 2007, when the last three-foot blind tarpon disappeared. Well, that's Steve Kosky, who is sharing his knowledge about the historical, archaeological, and paleontological significance of Warm Mineral Springs, which is in Sarasota County near in the city of Northport. And they're actually talking about a development happening there at Warm Mineral Springs. So I hope you go back and watch that show or listen to it on WMNF.org. Before Steve, we heard Kurt Bowen, a master photographer and video producer who has been at 210 feet deep photographing the bottom of Warm Mineral Springs while scuba diving. And you can see some of his videos on our website, WMNF.org as well. Well, if you think that it's important for us to talk about our natural resources, talk about our environment here in Florida, talk about the springs and the importance of protecting the springs, if that's of value to you, if you're an environmentalist, If you think that we should be concentrating on things like environmentalism, peace, and social justice here on WMNF, and you're glad that we're here, we need to hear financial support for that. Please give us a call. The number is 813-239-9663. You can also make your donation at WMNF.org, or if you're on the WMNF Community Radio app, you can make your donation there by hitting the support button or the tip jar. Again, we do need to hear that there is support for WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. I want to mention one other show that we've played in the last few months. The Beatles came to Florida in 1964, and I spoke with the author of a new book who was chronicling the musical, cultural, and social importance of those visits to Miami Beach, Key West, and Jacksonville. If you're interested in that, you can go back and watch that video on WMNF.org. That one's also coming to the TBAE television network pretty soon, so I hope you tune into that. And uh, I also spoke with the Beatles Museum that's in the Penny Lane Museum that's in Dunedin. I spoke with the curator there. So uh, we've had a lot of... What I think are very important cultural and uh, environmental and news stories over the last few months on Tuesday Cafe. And I hope that you agree with your financial contribution. You can call and make a donation at WM, at, you can make a donation online at WMNF.org or you can call in at 813-239-9663. I just love the breadth of what we cover here at WMNF and, and what you make sure is covered throughout the newsroom, Sean. So again, thank you very much for, for that. Uh, making sure that reporters are covering unions, making sure that uh, reporters are covering and, and you are covering things that are going on in the environment, making sure that health care coverage is talked about, new legislation, changes that are happening both from the federal government that will impact the people here in Florida. Thank you so much. And we want to make sure that, yes, we are obviously, if you can afford those big dollar donations, that would be great, but we understand that some people cannot. So remember, you can join the Circle of Friends for as little as $5 a month. Or if you want to make a one-time pledge, you can still get a bumper sticker or refrigerator magnet, um, some window clings uh, for as little as $35 um, for a one-time donation, as well as we're offering an open house potluck dinner on Juneteenth. And there's going to be a performance by a Frederick Douglass impersonator. Uh, So you can either come to that for a $60 pledge 
And that would be just awesome if you would come and join us here at the station, which actually you can do anytime you like. I love giving tours of this great 10,000-square-foot facility that was built by the people. Nickels, dimes, quarters, and a couple of big donations. And we need that right now, 813-239-9663. Or if you're listening to us online, hit the tip jar at WMNF.org. And you've got some folks to thank. Randy, I just got a donation, a new a person who's upping their circle of friends donation Yay. by $20, a one-time donation. So thank you so much. Yay, thank I appreciate you. that. They're, they're apologizing for how small it is, but it's not. Every donation, yes. Wesley Chapel, is, is important to us. So thank you for that $20 contribution. Also, Susan Becker in Sarasota is donating $100. Thank She's going to get our brand new t-shirt with the Color Burst logo on it. So thank you for those two donations. Right now, we need less than $700 in the last four minutes of the show. A phone is ringing right now. Another person is already on the line. That makes me excited. That means we might need less than $500. If those two people are donating $100 each, you could be a hero if you donate $500 right now. That would put this show over the top. Tuesday Cafe, 813-239-9663. If you appreciate the interviews that happen on Tuesday Cafe, if you like going and reading the articles or listening to the articles or even watching the interviews back on WMNF.org, please give us a call at 813-239-9663. You can also donate on the WMNF Community Radio app, or you can make a tax-deductible donation on our secure website, which is WMNF.org. And remember, we're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and we're only on air for 21 days a year. This is your opportunity. We're back to normal programming. We will be here for you, whether there's a hurricane or not. WMNF will be here for you, and we need you to be here for us. 813-239-9663 or hit the tip jar at WMNF.org because we need you now. We need to know our listeners are going to continue to support this experimental model of listener-supported radio where we provide great content because we think that you are smart enough to say, I'm opting in for that. I'm going to contribute some of my hard-earned dollars. I don't want to listen to commercials all day long. I want to listen to great content produced by smart people. 813-239-9663 or hit that tip jar at WMNF.org. We've got two minutes left in this show and then we will hear Wavemakers, which is, of course, a great show. And I hope that you call in and you support Wavemakers with Janet and Tom next hour. I am still looking for, we still need about $700. Maybe it's a little less than that after this phone uh, person finishes their phone call and their donation, but uh, assume it's about $700 that we need. If you can make a $500 donation, I bet that will help to put us over the top. Give us a call right now, 813-239-9663. I want to tell you that you are listening to WMNF Tampa. We're also broadcasting in Sarasota and in Clearwater and in Lakeland and in Newport Ritchie and in Bradenton, all around the Tampa Bay area. And because of our WMNF phone app and the WMNF.org website, you can hear us around the world. Well, we're glad you're listening wherever you are, and we're glad that you're supporting us. If you have not yet made a donation, please support Tuesday Cafe and WMNF with your tax-deductible donation right now by calling 813-239-9663. You can also make a donation on our website, which is WMNF.org. And Sean, give people a heads up on what's coming up on Alternative Radio at noon, because they really might want to know about that. Yeah, stay tuned at noon. We're going to hear a brand new speech from Bernie Sanders. He's going to talk about how you can save the planet. That's coming up at 12.06 on WMNF, and we'll be raising funds for Alternative Radio during that that uh, hour as well. And again, I want you to support Janet's 
uh, Janet and Tom's Wavemakers show. You can support Alternative Radio at noon. You can support Tuesday Cafe now or your favorite show anytime by selecting the show on the drop-down menu from Direct Your Donation to when you go to WMNF.org. And if you'd like to talk to one of our phone bank volunteers and make your donation now, it's 813-239-9663. Thanks so much.